What's up? I'm Jared. You guys, the ceiling is up. I should get used to that. Um, so I don't see too many new faces, but if you don't know me, my name's Jared. I'm an intern down here. Um, so I help out Curtis and the leadership team with stuff, planning events. You know, it's complicated stuff. Um, super excited to be up here tonight. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but I've never really studied Esther um, up until we started doing it here. Um, so this has been really cool for me. Um, both to lead it and, you know, with my small group and um, just to dive into it because I've never really studied it myself. So it's been pretty sweet. Um, how many of you guys are involved in sports or some athletic activity or competitive even? Um, whatever it may be, quite a few. Chess counts, yeah, absolutely. Chess is a sport, I believe it. It's very athletic. Um, <laughs> So have you ever have you guys ever seen the video of like the soccer player where he uh, you know it's like a penalty shot he takes his kick it hits the uh, the top post and bounces down and the goalie he, like puts his hands up they just won the game he like runs away he's all excited and uh, doesn't notice the ball roll into the goal have you ever seen those videos they're hilarious what about like the the cyclist or the the runner or the sprinter uh, you know they're they're like the last stretch of the race they're almost there. And the cyclist puts his arms up. He's like, that's right. I am awesome. I'm so cool. I won this race. Will Runner, same thing. I've seen it at Olympic events. Um, they get super excited because they just won. And then they don't notice the guy that runs up and goes past them and wins by one stride or by just a few feet. Um, you can even see these, these uh, examples in like, video games. You know, uh, the first example that comes to mind for me, uh, just because I've seen a ton of them and I find them hilarious, is in Fortnite. Um, I know Fortnite, oh. um, but you know you can do like the little dance celebration thing when you when you uh, you know get another player or whatever, and you know, they're up there and they're dancing. You know, cool! I just got one guy, um, and uh, they're doing a little celebration, and someone up comes up behind them because they weren't paying attention because they were doing their little celebration thing, and they were all excited because they got that cool shiny rare gun or whatever, and uh, they get eliminated because they were too focused on you know what they just did because they're so cool. Actually, I think we have a video of that. Yep. I don't know. This is Fortnite. This is what I was just talking about. Wait for it. Oh, all right. So we got him. All right. This guy gets all excited. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Poor guy. Um, so, you know, he wasn't paying attention. I mean, granted, the guy that shot him was a long way away. But... You know, maybe if he'd been paying attention, he might have actually, you know, gotten a little farther in the game. Besides, I think it was like 26th or something. Come on, dude. Um, so it's often really easy to celebrate and be proud of ourselves when we think things are going our way. You know, the, the cyclist, he's almost there. He's almost, he's almost won the race or whatever, the, 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 whatever it may be. Um, and he's super proud of himself, and he starts celebrating. And it doesn't go his way because he didn't notice a guy that came up and passed him. Or the soccer player, the goalie, was all excited. He blocked that goal, that shot, and you know because of him, they won. The ball just rolls in. Didn't go his way. Didn't work out for him. Um, so sometimes being proud ends up costing us everything. Uh, now, everything may be different depending on the circumstance. Uh, could be friends. Maybe you're super proud of um, whatever you may be doing in school, and you are very vocal about it. Or... Uh, maybe it's in the workplace, you know, for our leaders uh, or you guys in the future. It's in the workplace and, you know, we are proud of our achievements and maybe, you know, our, our sales record. 
um, or our, our reputation with our customers. Um, and they're very proud of it and boast about it. And their coworkers are like, you know, I, I don't really want to be around that guy because he's kind of a jerk. Um, or your reputation, reputation, same kind of thing, you know, in the workplace or with friends or anything like that. Um, you are too focused on how cool you are to look around you and see who you're pushing away. Um, so Esther 6 um, starts um, with King Esther, or excuse me, King Esther. My bad. Uh, it starts with the king of Persia, uh, Xerxes, or, not, bear with me, I don't know how to pronounce this, Ahasuerus? Ahasuerus? I asked Wyatt earlier how many different translations there are, and he said it probably different five, five different ways, and so I'm just sticking with what I feel like is right. Um, <laughs> I know, it's the, the two little letters there. Um, so he starts off, um, and he is restless. He has insomnia. He's trying to go to bed, and he just can't get to sleep. Uh, this is verse you know, 1 and 2. Uh, so he asked one of his, one of his servants, uh, one of the young men that serves him, uh, to go grab the Book of Chronicles. Um, if you don't know what the Book of Chronicle is, Chronicles is, it is a record of pretty much everything that happens within the kingdom. It is notable events, it is things people have said, it's important details that, be, that should be recorded. Um, you can kind of think of this as a record of things that are said in like uh, uh, a con you know, medium of Congress or something like that. So it's probably pretty boring and dry. It's just things that happen every day. Um, and yeah, so it's just super boring. And so, hmm, great idea. Bring me this book, and it'll be my nighttime story. This is, this is a professional nighttime story, um, and it's super boring. So uh, as the book is read to him, he happens to hear about this event that, hap that had happened previously. Uh, it happens in Esther 2. Uh, this was actually five years ago. Uh, this guy named Mordecai, who's pretty important here in this story, um, this guy named Mordecai was sitting at the gate, as was his job, and he overhears a, um, uh, two um, of the eunuchs. They are discussing how to murder the king. They are planning an assassination. Mordecai hears this, and uh, he's loyal to, um, to the throne, to the you know, king of Persia. Um, and so he goes and he tells Esther, who is the queen of Persia, who then brings it up, and the plot is stopped. Now, he lives. The two uh, would-be uh, assassins doesn't end too well for them. They don't make it. Um, and uh, so he hears about this event. Um, and he asks if, you know, like, this guy saved my life, right? You know, shouldn't he be honored? Shouldn't somebody recognize him for what was done? Has anybody recognized him? And his two, uh, his two servants there, like, no, nothing's been done. So five years have passed. And Mordecai hasn't been honored, hasn't been recognized for his service to the throne. Um, so he asks, all right, who's el who else is in the court? Who can I speak to? Who can I bring this up with? Uh, and it turns out that Haman is out in the court. Nice timing. Um, the king then asks Haman, uh, what should be done to the man whom the king seeks to honor? Now I'm going to go back a little bit uh, and talk about Haman for a moment just so we get an idea of who he is. Uh, Haman is a super proud guy with a huge ego. He thinks he is the coolest. Granted, he is the pretty much the second in command of Persia, so that, that is pretty cool, but there's not an, an ounce of humility in him. Um, and uh, so when he, like, when he walks around in the capital city of Susa or elsewhere, he's walking around, you know, doing whatever he may be doing. I don't know. What does the second in command of Persia do? Um, he, as he's walking around, he expects people to bow down to him when he walks by. 
Um, that's ridiculous. I mean, he's a high-ranking official, but still, like, this guy thinks he's amazing. Um, and he one day, he starts walking by Mordecai, um, and Mordecai refuses to bow down because he is a Jew. He's a Jew living in, in Persia, um, and he refuses to bow down because Jews, as is their law, are not allowed to bow to anyone except for God. Um, so he is being obedient here and refusing to bow down. Uh, in spite of the fact that it may not end well for him because he is disrespecting this guy who is far above him in the ranks. Um, and so Haman gets pretty ticked off. Uh, remember, this guy has a huge ego. He also uh, is very irrational and makes ridiculous decisions. So he goes and he talks to his wife and his wise men. Um, and he goes, yeah, there's this guy. His name's uh, Mordecai. And every time I walk past, he does not bow down. Sometimes he doesn't even acknowledge me. Uh, and he is ticked off. Um, so he makes the reasonable decision that instead of simply being mad at Mordecai, he decides that the punishment for him should be to kill all the Jewish people. That is ridiculous. This guy is insane. Absolutely insane. Um, and his, his wife and uh, his wise men... Uh, are not very good advisors. That is not something I would ever recommend when someone's angry at someone else. You have to kill them and all their people. That's cool. B bad advice. Ignore anybody if they ever say that. Just a suggestion. Um, so back to the story. A um, little background on Haman. So Haman thinks the king's question, uh, which was, um, if I can find it, what should be done to the man whom the king seeks to honor? Remember Haman's huge ego and how he thinks he's really cool. Um, and he thinks that this question is about him. He's like, well, I mean, who else would the king want to honor? He's saying this to himself. Um, he thinks the king's question is about him, so he lists all the stuff that he wants to be done to him uh, if this was him. Um, so he says that he wants to wear the king's robes, wants to wear the king's crown, and he wants to ride the king's horse uh, around uh, the capital city of Susa, uh, with a high noble um, shouting, thus shall be done to the man who the king seeks to honor. That's not a bad request. I mean, this guy is not the king, and yet he's asking all these things to be done to him, which would be the things that would be done to a king. Um, and so, I mean, that's not a bad request. I mean, that, that would be pretty cool. Um, so the king responds in verse 10, hurry, take the robes and the horse and do so to Mordecai the Jew. You see the issue there. Do you guys know what Haman had walked into the court originally to discuss with the king? He was coming in to talk to the king about putting Mordecai on a pike. A really, yeah, yeah an eight-story, 75-foot-tall pike. He wants the king's permission to kill this guy because he won't bow down to him. And now he's being told, hurry, take the robes and the horse and do so to, do so to Mordecai the Jew. So I imagine Haman's a little, little upset. Um, he thought these honors, uh, in verse 4, he thought, or excuse me, he thought that he was walking in there to uh, get the king's permission to kill this guy. And now he's being told, okay, now you go do all the stuff you wanted to him, and, or you wanted done to yourself, and do it to him, and walk around saying uh, how awesome he is. You, I want you to go out there, walk around the city for the service he's done, which is saving my life. I want you to go and proclaim just how amazing he is, because he is amazing. He's awesome. Um, and so after leading Mordecai, so he does it. 
you know, he doesn't dare disobey the king. So he does it, and he leads Mordecai around town, proclaiming all day in his robe and his, in his crown and on the king's horse. Uh, he does it. He's obedient. Um, but once that's done, Mordecai goes back to his post, back to the king's gate, um, and Mordecai runs home with his head covered. Uh, this, excuse me, I'm sorry, did I say Mordecai? Stumbling over my words. Uh, Haman, thank you. Uh, thank you for catching that. Uh, yeah, so Haman runs home. Haman runs home with his head covered, and uh, see, he's pretty upset. Typically, this expression of having his head covered is the same as when someone is mourning. He actually says he ran home and he was mourning. Uh, verse 12, then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. Um, mourning is done when someone dies. So Mordecai is so upset. He is so... Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Second time. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, yeah, so Haman um, is super embarrassed. He runs home, and he is mourning as if he had just died. Right? He is very upset. He doesn't respond well to not getting his way, apparently. Um, and uh, so he runs home after honoring his biggest enemy, um, and he tells his wife and his friends all that happened. Now, remember that they had just told him a couple days prior how to go about killing this guy. And now he's like, yeah, I just honored him, and um, I had to do this stuff. And they're like, well, hold on. So now this guy is respected. People recognize him and know him. You can't ask for him to be killed anymore. That is a horrible idea. Uh, that will put you in a very bad position. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so now he's being told to back off and to tread carefully because, you know, this could end badly for him, uh, asking to kill someone that's respected. Uh, these people, again, they don't seem like the best advisors. They don't seem like they're giving good advice. Um, and as they were still talking that night, um, the king's eunuchs came to escort him to the second feast that Esther had prepared. So he hasn't even had really time to understand and, to, like, think about what's truly about to happen. Uh, or I don't even know if he even understands, but... Um, he comes to be escorted to the feast with the king and the king's wife. And uh, things aren't looking too hot for him. Um, let's see, verse 13, uh, towards the end, uh, his wife Suresh says, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. That is a very concerning statement. Um, to fall before his enemy, pretty much, is not looking good. Um, the king's eunuchs then come, and uh, they escort him, escort him uh, to the banquet. Uh, and that is where that concludes for uh, this week. So a little bit of a cliffhanger. But uh, so let's look at uh, some of the characteristics of the people in this story. Let's look at Haman. He's prideful. Uh, he is seeking self-glory. He is doing everything for himself and not thinking of the consequences for any, anyone else because it's all about him. He's very proud. Uh, he walks around town expecting people to bow down to him. Now, what would a modern-day Haman look like? What would a Haman look like if you carried his attributes, right? Um, he thinks he is the best soccer player, and he is super open about it. He scores a goal and it's all about him and how he did it all by himself. No one on the team did it. It was just him, and he is amazing because of it. Um, he doesn't need anyone else's help, does he? 
um, if modern day Haman, you know, someone that's proud and uh, egotistical, they don't need anyone else's help um, until they get in a sticky situation that they can't handle themselves. Um, and he pushes everyone else away. You know, he's got it, you know, uh, Haman or, um, you know, if you're, you, you, if you have the same char characteristics as Haman here, uh, you are pushing other people away because you feel you do not need them. Um, and he's been pushing God away because he can't handle it. This is our modern day example here. Um, he's been pushing away God uh, because he can handle it, whatever it may be in that specific person's life. Whatever they're going through, they've got it because they're awesome and they don't need anyone else's help. Um, also, some characteristics of uh, Haman's situation is he has some really bad mentors and peers. Uh, his wife, Zeresh, and his wise men um, are advising him to put someone on pike because he's upset. That's not good advice. Uh, so the alternative to that is surrounding yourself with people that are solid advisors, that are solid mentors, that are, that are wise peers. Uh, maybe that people have been through similar things as you. Um, not people that suggest you go put your enemies on a stick. Don't listen to them. Um, so what about some characteristics of Mordecai here? What's a modern day Mordecai? Well, for one, they're humble, right? Uh, Mordecai saved the king's life, and he didn't go about asking for a raise or promotion. He didn't go talk to the king, be like, yeah, I just did this for you. Um, I would really like uh, more money or a better house or anything. He just, he did it, and he just kept living a normal life um, because he was simply, in his eyes, doing his job. Uh, and he didn't seek any recognition for it. He just did it, and that's it. Um, he wasn't bragging. That's all. Um, what else does a modern-day Mordecai have? Well, they're, they're willing to continue learning and accepting advice. They are a person that when they have been called out, when they uh, have done something wrong or made a bad decision, that they are open to listening to other people and uh, accepting advice and criticism, um, even if it's not comfortable. Typically, receiving constructive criticism isn't always comfortable. It's normally unpleasant because you have to confront something that you didn't do correctly. Um, and they might be thankful to God. Um, they might be grateful for what they already have. They're not going and looking uh, to attain a higher status or to make more money or to, uh, to be a, a, an amazing person you know, in other people's eyes. They are grateful for what they have and where they're at. Um, and they're not asking for more or complaining uh, because of the situation they are in, right? Um, so in, in this life, you need to um, abstain from the characteristics of Haman and uh, chase after being more like Mordecai. You need to chase after being more faithful and less proud uh, because God, as is our theme, God opposes the proud and seeks pleasure and takes pleasure in the faithful and those who trust him and believe in him. Uh, so you need to choose who you serve. You need to choose who you follow. And as is typical, we have two options, God or ourselves. We either strive to be faithful and to follow God and to, um, and to act out in a way that is pleasing to him, or we go the other direction and we seek to please ourselves and we do what pleases us and makes us happy and 
you know, if that's at the expense of others, fine. So be it. Uh, it's all about me, right? Um, so you need to place God as your priority. You need to place God as uh, the number one priority in your life. Uh, not being selfish, but pursuing because that is what he's called you to do. Um, and that brings up the question is, do you even know the Lord? Are you, uh, are you reading his word? Are you talking with him? Is it, is it reasonable to expect to know someone that you never talk to or never think about or never talk to or never have any interaction with? You can't expect to have a relationship there um, if you've never pursued it, if you've never chased after getting to know that person better or talking to them or being involved in their lives. You can't follow uh, a leader that you do not know. Um, so that's, the, that's our basics, right? That's the thing that we're always talking about is uh, reading the word um, and uh, talking to God and praying. There it is, the basics. Um, so you need to do the things uh, that you um, allow you to uh, follow Christ, that allow you to follow God. Um, and you have some solid mentors here, uh, your leaders, uh, and you can fall on your peers too, your small group. That's why we do small groups. That's why we have small group leaders is to fall on them and to lean on them. And you have this solid community that's built here. Um, and that is, um, that's what is truly necessary. Um, but I would like to invite the band up. Um, but uh, you truly want to follow after being a Mordecai. You want to be a true, you want to follow the true leader, um, and you want to know him, right? So, um, thank you for letting me be up here tonight. Um, and uh, as you go into this week, I just want you to really ponder um, exactly who you're following and which route you're taking. If you're choosing to serve God or choosing to serve yourself, that's our focus. Um, so, Father God, Lord, I'm just so grateful for um, the opportunity you've given uh, everyone in this church to, to come here and to gather, that we have the freedom to, um, to discuss your word and to pray with each other and to have fellowship. Um, I ask as these students go into there and finish out their week uh, that they, um, they can truly ponder this. Um, are, they, uh, are they a Mordecai? Do they have true faith? Are they following God or not? Um, God, I thank you so much, and I pray all this in your name. Amen.